Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital Radio if that's where you're listening. My name is Lauren and today in the studio I'm joined by Rebecca. We're talking to Dr Christopher Mogan who is a clinical psychologist at the Anxiety Clinic. He has also researched heaps into hoarding disorder which is what we're going to be talking about today. Thanks Christopher for coming on the show today. Um, So just for our listeners at home, just to start off, what exactly is hoarding disorder? Well hoarding disorder is a psychological disorder Uh, It's now officially recognised. For many years it was a hidden disorder uh, and it still is largely not understood. But it's about too many things, too much stuff. So the defining feature of it is clutter. Now where does that clutter come from? It can come from accumulating goods. People Mm -hmm. have a persistent need to collect things. It can come from compulsive buying in our consumer society. It can come from just picking up stuff from the roadside because uh, it could be needed, it could be useful. Hmm. But most of all it comes from not being able to organise and dispose of things. Hmm. So what are the signs and symptoms that somebody might have hoarding disorder? Well, as I mentioned, the fact that a room can't be used for its purpose. Mm -hmm. So a bedroom is no longer a bedroom. Uh, A dining room has never been used to eat food in. If there are complaints from neighbours or authorities or within the family um, that there's a problem, this is a, a general sign, But most of all, it's this anxiety that's attached to letting go of things. Mm -hmm. People are... Things mean much more to them than we can understand. People who are not hoarders don't understand the attachment, that sense of identity in things, whereas most people get their sense of identity from relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this... Identity with things means that their sense of self extends to embrace all these things that are special to them. Hmm. So what makes someone who has hoarding disorder to someone who's just collecting things and who may be untidy? Like, what's the difference between that and hoarding? Look, there are things like the safety of the house Hmm. uh, because a person who is a a hoarder uh, may not keep their home safe. The Metropolitan Fire Brigade take a huge interest in educating about hoarding because uh, people can be trapped in a, in a home because there's um, just no way that they can escape in mm. a time of emergency. In the case of the Fire Brigade, particularly as a result of fire, but also because the house is just so packed with things that the fire brigade personnel are at risk. Mm. 
Mm. When they do go to help, mm. a whole roof can fall in on them. And there's, so, so there are these sorts of, in some ways, uh, you know the extremes of hoarding, but there's also, it's a dimensional thing. There are other people who are on the way to becoming a hoarder. Mm. If they um, are unable to have some sort of systematic removal of goods that are no longer fit for purpose. Mm. Could you tell us a bit of some of like their emotional reasons why someone may begin to start hoarding? Well, the most people, as I mentioned before, their attachments are, you know, through, uh, you know, sense of relationship, you know, mm. that, that uh, we need other people. Uh, with, in the case of hoarding, we don't understand fully what the uh, developmental factors are. But for example, one developmental factor is that when questioned about their early life experience, people who had hoarding difficulties would uh, report a, a sense that there wasn't as much warmth within the family as was reported by other clinical groups and by control groups. Mm. So there did seem to be something significant in a perception that their family wasn't as warm. And now this kind of, it's a bit complicated, but a person's attachment can be more than expressed in things, uh, things of memories, things that reminded them of happier times in their life. Mm. Uh, it's it's a dis it is a distortion because uh, things are part of our life, mm. but they don't develop that kind of sense of I'm I'm nothing without my stuff. Mm. That that's the disorder. So it could be say if someone you loved um, had like passed away and they had like their favorite like possession, so like a chair or something, and just afterwards that. Um, if they started hoarding more things, it'd get harder for them to be able to let go of that stuff because it's based on memories and based off someone like they lost. Yeah, sentimental links. Mm. And I don't mean that in a charitable sense. I mean mm. the, the, the ties of memories of people um, represented by, say, a lounge suite that you remember visiting grandma or... Mm. and that, But in, in our own experience, we do know that people keep lounge suites and dining suites and in some homes you might have three or four that they can't let go. Mm. Uh, and uh, But what happens when they can't let them go is they become clutter. Yeah. And in the, in the case of an emergency, people can fall like elderly people can be injured by trying to move quickly and they fall and break a hip or and the end of their effective life results from that. Mm. So dining suites and couches and things, what other uh, commonly hoarded objects? Well, look, it doesn't surprise anybody when we know that clothes are the <laughs> most... Um, uh, gathered things, yeah. books also. Mm. Famously, newspapers are, uh, and paper in general. Yeah. Sometimes it can be people are keeping things that are receipts or records or letters or a card so that if a person feels 
that if they throw a card away that somebody had sent them, it's like throwing that person out of their life. Mm. So it's a deep... We've got to respect this deeply personal feeling that people have. And it's, as I say, it's hard for non-hoarders to actually get it. But that's very similar in other mental illness that people don't necessarily understand why people have the symptoms that they have. Mm. So what are the differences between obsessive compulsive disorder and hoarding disorder? Is there a huge difference between the two or are they kind of too similar to kind of separate? Oh no, look, look, most of the researchers have come from a background of obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. So there was always seen to be a very strong link between OCD and hoarding. But it wasn't until uh, hoarding became a serious source of research that there started to become quite marked differences between them. For example, a, in the case of uh, people who check things and worry about contamination, this, this is, creates a reaction within the person mm. that sort of uh, uh, doesn't square with their sense of self. They don't like being affected in that way. Whereas in the case of hoarding, if you leave them alone, they're fine. They, they, mm. they don't have that same kind of distaste for it. Mm. Uh, it's only uh, most of the trouble that occurs in situations where there's hoarding is when people start moving in and doing something about it. Mm-hmm. But we have to do something about it when elderly people are at risk, children are at risk, and, and it's a dangerous situation from uh, the standpoint of accident and falls and things like fire. Mm. So from what I understand, it was originally just a part of obsessive compulsive disorder and then it sort of separated and branched off and became its own mental illness yes, in its look, own right. Yeah, every time they did reviews of like uh, studies of a pattern of a disease, mm. hoarding always came up in mm. these very large studies of OCD. But when the research became more refined, there were groups of people who had all the symptoms of hoarding but no OCD. Mm. So... so uh, in fact, the number of people who had a hoarding, uh, an OCD diagnosis, only about 11% of them reported hoarding as a main issue. Mm. It, it, it's a, it is still a strong relationship between the two conditions, and I think it's in something to do with the impulsivity. There's a, you, you can't, the anxiety is so high that both of them share that com- in common. So where do we draw, draw like, the line between, like, kind of, like, referring to what we said before about um, a bit of clutter to collecting things? Um, like, what are the warning signs behind hoarding and where where is it from... Where does it draw the line from when it's um, just collecting clutter to then becoming, like, an actual psychological disorder? Well, the people in the field, they know... The, 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 the housing workers, the community workers. It's not always known to uh, the doctors because mm-hmm. people don't talk about it. They yeah. keep it a, a secret. Um, and, uh, and there will be 
many leafy green suburbs of every major city of Australia where there'll be fancy cars out the front and children going off to private schools, but there's a hoarding problem within that household. Mm. It, 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 it's, it doesn't become obvious until a, a problem occurs, such yeah. as a fire, such as... Well, there are other associated things like animal hoarding. We haven't talked much about that. But when you get animal hoarding, of course, you get neglect of animals and uh, situations where there's um, associated squalor because the animals, of course, uh, don't have a program for where they're going to defecate, etc. Mm. And they will just take over a house completely. So hoarding is a... Uh, not only a hoarding of objects, it's also a hoarding of animals. It's a similar theme. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit more about what your research into hoarding disorder has looked like over the past and looks like now? Well, one of the really interesting things has been uh, that the belief system that people with hoarding have is very consistent there's, there's great attachment to their things mm. so that to take their things or force them uh, not to have their th- things is going to be a, uh, a great impulse on them, really upset them. Mm. Um, there is that uh, idea that people who have a relationship with their things where they feel very responsible, they, just, they, they would feel irresponsible to just put things out on a nature strip. They, mm. they, they, they believe that they're their things, they're part of them, they should have some control and responsibility for what happens to them. That's a very significant part of the picture. That's why in our treatment of it, we've got to go for harm minimisation. So you, so, you, so you don't go into a house and say, we want every room cleared, we want every corridor cleared. No, you've got to make the home safe. Mm. You've got to treat the person with respect. You've got to try to help the person to associate with others through group therapy. And group mm. therapy has been an important way where people who have hoarding have been able to talk with each other about it mm. and understand why each one uh, developed the issues and what they've done to help. And it's, it's mm. been quite an inspiring thing to see the regularity and of attendance of people and the understanding and the support that they have for each other. And it's such a significant problem that my hope is that one day we'll have hoarding support groups on the same lines as we've got AA support groups. Mm. It, it, it's a long way off, but... This is the kind of thing we want, an acceptance of it and support for people to help them gradually get their things under control. Yeah, and I think definitely it's something that needs to be recognised more. Um, Just going into a little bit about what you said before about, like, being treated um, and how, um, like, you just can't go into a house and say, we'll clean this up and clean that up. Like, I imagine that's very overwhelming for the person who is hoarding because if someone goes into their space and says, oh, we have to chuck all this out because it's no good, I guess in a way it would be overwhelming for them to be able to handle all those memories, I guess, and 
um, the connections to their stuff because, like you've said, they believe their stuff is, like, a part of them, like it's who they are as a person. Um, What are some of the ways that hoarding disorder can be treated besides from going to such... um, Basically, I... In a way, I kind of say worst case scenario where you just have to go in and get rid of everything. That was the way before that people would eventually be forced Mm. to have a clean out. It doesn't work. It's it's as simple as that. It doesn't Mm. work and the person is just as likely to reclutter the place. And relapse, yeah. That's a relapse. So we've got to engage in uh, a... uh, program whereby we educate about it, mm. we uh, establish a good relationship uh, with the person and and people who can work in this area have got to have a lot of warmth, they've mm. got to have a lot of understanding, not be judgmental and above all we want time but this is, time is not a, 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 a thing that we've got much of in mental mm. health. Uh, everything's short-term, programs stop and start. and But look, mental health in Victoria has really... The health department, the housing departments, the community health centres, they are really moving on this issue. And, and these buried in treasures groups, I mentioned the education groups, they're spreading quite a long way through Victoria and at regional centres as well. And so, so that's the approach that they're taking is slow support but gradual support. Hmm. And could you tell us a little bit about how hoarding disorder might affect somebody, um, not exactly the person involved but also like their carers or friends or even their dependents and children? Well, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. Um, but I think it's um, very tough for anybody who's partner has got psychological issues. Yeah. But it's, it's very tough when, um, you know, there's nowhere for children, say if we take a family, uh, if there's nowhere for children to eat a meal at a table or nowhere for them to do projects or nowhere for them to uh, properly wash and so on, th- these are not good environments for children to be raised in. Mm. So it can be um, a source of great pain for the non-sufferer who, who tries to support, tries to get help, but you've got to be, have readiness for change. The, 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 the sufferer has got to be prepared to come along. But it's not, it, we've got to be, as I mentioned earlier, understanding. And, mm-hmm. and, and small steps and, and that way a progress will be made. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people, and I, I know definitely myself, um, kind of associate the word hoarder with um, a wide majority of reality TV shows out there um, that portray certain um, characteristics of hoarding um, in a negative light, um, what do you think about the portrayals of the disorder in reality TV? Do you think it affects people um, who do suffer from hoarding but are too scared to go and get help? I do think it's um, the wrong approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a. It's not something that's taken off in Australia. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a voyeuristic element to it where people are looking down on people with this condition. Um, there's also has been um, unfortunate uh, associations with people who have been humiliated in that way, mm. that have had breakdowns and even um, more serious uh, onset of uh, illness. Uh, it, it has had the effect of bringing hoarding into the media. Yeah. Uh, and, and the organisations themselves have uh, started to bring in psychologists and provide ongoing support afterwards. But it, it's an unusual thing that when they call for people to uh, come on television and have, have their home cleaned out, there will be hundreds of people lining up to be publicly humiliated on mm -hmm. television. Now, that's something to do with the American way. I don't think we would do that here. No, I definitely um, think it wouldn't be appropriate. It's certainly not something that um, we've been approached. Uh, people who are researching hoarding in Australia, and everybody wants to get the television cameras into someone's house. Mm. Now, we don't want that. That's not the way to go. Even though it has an educative element, it's, but it's not a good message for the sufferer. Do you think that um, by these reality TV shows that are happening over the States, do you think that there's a possibility that instead of helping um, the hoarder that it'll make everything much more worse for them in general? Well, it's very hard to generalise about that, Rebecca. Mm. Um, I do know that some people who have um, gone on those programs have responded to the psychological support they've had mm. in the year afterwards. But for every story we hear that somebody has benefited, there are others who have found it uh, very humiliating. There's, a, there's one on the BuzzFeed today about um, a great deal of distress and uh, feeling that um, the person was not treated with respect. Mm. Mm. There's also a lot of um, like materialistic possessions that come into play in our daily lives nowadays in modern life. Do you think that, that stuff like that makes having hoarding disorder worse or even you know increases its prevalence in society? Oh, definitely. Mm. Oh, I think that um, there's something about, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the session, that if a person gets their identity through things, they can get a buzz out of a bargain. Mm. They can um, look forward to the annual sales and, uh, you know, they will buy clothes or buy books or buy electrical, electrical equipment that they never use. Uh, and and it, what the, what the uh, zing is, is, is in buying it. And, but after that, there's a real guilt and letdown in terms of the money that it's cost and mm. the distress that it might cause within a family. But mm. consumerism, unfortunately, overwhelms us all. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that hoarding disorder is understood and diagnosed correctly here in Australia? Or do you think there's still some work need to be done? Oh, no, look, I think there's been a lot of good work mm. has been done over the past um, 10 years. And uh, uh, it hasn't reached 
uh, the areas where we w would want it to reach. For example, I don't think the uh, research base has been established very well. There's not yeah. a lot of money for research. Uh, it has to compete with other mental health issues, which are very real and very alive. But, but the, the local councils are getting involved mm -hmm. uh, because they're very close to, uh, you know, complaints about street, uh, you know, where there's rubbish in the street and things like that. So a lot of the councils, a lot of the uh, state governments and uh, federal government are all getting involved in. But there's a long way to go because we're looking at something which is three times more common than OCD, mm. um, uh, sort of uh, five times more common than schizophrenia. It's been estimated to be up around four, five, six percent of the population, wow. which is going to put it in Australia up to 500, a million people mm -hmm. right across the board. Yeah, it definitely sounds really intense as well. Yeah. Um, base, just kind of last two questions um what advice would you give someone who thinks like for our listeners at home who thinks they might be suffering from hoarding disorder do you think um that everyone can get help and eventually recover look there are excellent websites about it uh there's um the the iocd.org foundation iocd.org they have got an excellent hoarding section, mm. the hoarding centre, they call it, spelt C-N-T-E-R, it's American <laughs> place. Similarly, UK, but there's also a lot of information available through local councils, local community health centres, and ask your GP. The, mm. the, the GPs are the number one connect for all of our health services. So we've got to get the GPs on side and they are very much uh, becoming aware of it. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I think it's important to for other people to know that like they're not alone and that there Absolutely. is help help yep. available out there. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Great. Thank you so much Dr. Morgan for coming on the show today and talking to us about hoarding disorder. Um, you can catch more of our shows at brainwaves.org.au or on iTunes. We'll be back next week for a special episode of Brainwaves, our 2016 in review, looking at mental health in Australia and worldwide and the year that's been. Next Wednesday at 5pm on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.